All right, we all good? So what, what is the simplicity of the gospel? What does that mean? Billy Graham says this, repent and believe. What's the story of John the Baptist? Repent. It's the story of repentance. Who here needs to repent today? Because if we are going to get close to Jesus, if we want all he has for us, we must repent of sin. We must do our part first. If anybody has done something today that they should not have done, maybe they lifted their voice towards their spouse. Maybe you yelled at someone today. Maybe you're in your car and someone pulled out in front of you and God tested you and you went, Maybe you ought to repent. If Jesus were to show himself real in this place right now, what would you do? I think most of the people in the Bible teach us this. They'll fall on their face and say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy even to be in your presence. You see, the wholeness of God deserves all of you, all your best. And the first thing we need to do if we want to get close to God, we need to repent. Repent of what we've done. Jesus knows that we're, we make mistakes. Who here made mistakes in the last week? I did. We make mistakes. So we go before the Lord and we ask for forgiveness. It's pretty simple. Salvation says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, we make it too complicated. All of a sudden, those lies come to us. They say, we're not worthy. We're not good enough. I don't need to approach the I don't want to approach the throne. He says, approach the throne with authority. What? Because Jesus did his job. Jesus already did it. All we need to do is humbly come and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. Turn your mind. Turn your mind. We're doing Thursday nights along with our Sunday mornings. If you want to join us. Whoops, I went too fast here. And uh, Thursday nights we're doing. Good gravy. This thing's got its own mind. Hang on a second. I'll touch it again. Oh. It's confusing, isn't it? Just messing you up. Okay, so Thursday nights we're also doing the same thing. And we're going to... good time with the Lord today? Who had, who had a good time with Jesus today? Who was emotionally moved? See, Jesus has your heart. You can't help but be an emotional about it. Right, Ann? It's okay, Aaron, right? We can be emotional about this. This is family. And I got, I got messed up today. I got messed up today. So uh, if I have to wipe my nose every once in a while, I got tears in my eyes. It's going to be good. So Thursday nights we're going to cover, along with Sunday mornings, about the closeness of God. It's called intimacy, and, and we're going to do Mark Batterson's study with it. He does a wonderful job in, in the study called Whisper. So but today I want to go into what he speaks about as the whispering spot. Who here has a place where you go that you hear his voice? Who here has a place that you go when you want to hear his voice? Is there a spot that you go to? Maybe, maybe you get out of the house. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe, maybe you exercise. Maybe you go run a track. Maybe, but you have to go someplace if you want to hear his voice. And so what I'm saying today is this. God can speak anytime, anyplace. But I, 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 I believe that God will honor his children if we intentionally go to a place to hear him. Now, right now, who, who has all kinds of things going on in life that you've got, you got new, number, numerous things, a, a plethora of things that are going on, and all of a sudden your mind's just going this way, this way, this way, this way. I hear this. I know I need to do this. And matter of fact, when you sit down to pray, all of a sudden you pop back up again. I need to, oh, I've got to turn the oven on. 
Oh, 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 I got to do that. And you cannot sit more than a half hour before the Lord. Who has problems with that today? Come on, now let's be real. Let's be real. Uh, and those who don't have their hands up, I'm going to look at you again. I'm going to ask a question. Who here has trouble sitting down and praying and listening to God for a half hour straight? Without, let, let, I'll do one more test. You're sitting down a half hour straight, but in that half hour, your mind is all on Jesus and not on all the other things. You go, well, I got a half hour in. I got two minutes with Jesus. I got, what, 28 minutes with myself. <laughs> Who has trouble with that? See, the thing is this, is we, gotta, we have to choose to make our minds tentative towards it. Seek God with all of our hearts means we've got to give him everything. Lord, I know you're speaking to me right now. I want to listen. So you've got to find a spot. You have to purposely put yourself in position to receive. Does that make sense? Do you think that's true? He could speak anywhere and anytime. But you have to make an effort. Come near to me, and I will draw near to you. So what I want to do is this. I want to start with a psalm. And I want to say, better is one day. Now, who knows this? This, this is a good song. I was going to say, honey, could you do that song for me today? But, but you, someone said it. Who said it right here? Uh, they said, this, you did, honey. You said, this one moment, I want you to take this one moment. And it's like, better is one day in your courts, Lord. What would that feel like? What would it feel like entering into God's courts? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in tents of the wicked. I'm, t I'm telling you, there is something about the presence of God that you, I don't even care if I'm even in the house. I don't care if I'm in the living room. I'll just be at the door. All I want to do is be in your courts. I'll be at the door. I'll open the door for everybody else to come in. All I want to do is be that close to you. I'd rather have that than all the years in wicked tents of all the money all the glamour, all the fame. You see, there's just something about the presence of God that I think we need to make an effort to find. What do you think? I think there's something there that he's inviting us to, something he has for us. Let's go to the story of Elijah. I love the story. I just love the story. And to set it up, I have to tell you that Elijah had a good time when he gathered all the people. He came and, and head off King Ahab. He said, you know what? I, I want everybody to gather. You know, I'm tired of what's going on. We have, we have people that don't believe in the Lord, the one and only Lord. So he, he pulls all the prophets and everybody together. And what's amazing is there's 450 prophets of Baal, and I think there's 400 prophets of, of uh, Asherah. So all those, I mean, we have 950 prophets, and we have Elijah. <laughs> Elijah, the only man of God, right? I'm still standing. I know what's true. And he has all the other prophets who are 950 of them, and all the people come. And so he says, let's gather together. You guys know the story. And let's, let's, you get, you get your, your altar built over there, and we'll give you a, a bowl to put on there. You get it all set for your God, and, and I'll do the same over here, and I'll, I'll set up. And he, by hand, we had and rebuild the altar of God because it was already torn down by who? The people. And the king had ordered that to be torn down. So he says, I'm going to reestablish my worship to God, you see. So he takes that time and rebuilds by hand his altar. He puts his bull on there. But he let them choose the first one. You choose what you want. You want that? Okay, go ahead and take I'll take this one, right? It doesn't matter. His service to God, right? So he brings it all together. And he says, okay, you, you do whatever you need to do to call upon your God. Go ahead. Go. Wouldn't it be awesome today to see that? A man or woman would rise up and say, okay, God. And it says not to test the Lord God, but wouldn't it be awesome for God to show up like that? So they did all they could do, even to the point of, well, Elijah had some fun with that, didn't he? 
He, he had to coerce the conversation a bit. Well, maybe, maybe your God's sleeping today. Maybe, maybe he's gone out and he's not here right now. Maybe, maybe you need to do, do more. And so they start to cut themselves. It's just all this stuff to, trying to bring down the, and nothing happened. Why? There's no, there's all the other gods are dead. There is no other God but God Almighty, right? And so then nothing would happen. He says, okay, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn. And now Elijah brings down the fire of God. He prays and the fire of God comes down and, and not only pulls up the sacrifice, pulls up all the water he poured on there, all the rocks and everything. Everything was just sucked up by the fire of God. Isn't that awesome? Now, after he does this and he's involved in it, now, I don't know about you, <laughs> that would happen in your life, what you'd be doing. You'd be like, oh, awesome, bro. That's so cool. Wow. And then he gets word from Jezebel. I'm about to kill you, for I got news of what you just did, and I don't like it. Sends a servant, gives him a message, and, and sure enough, Elijah, afraid, goes into the wilderness for one day. What's going on with Elijah? Is, is he the same man? Would God be disappointed in you when you have doubts like this? Does this go on? Does this go on in your life once in a while? You just, you're just not sure if you can do this, and I don't... I know you're asking me to pray for this person, but I don't, I don't know if I can do it today. Who here has had trouble with that? Who here can, can contest that Elijah? Uh, I know, Elijah, you did great things. You did that marvelous thing. And then you have trouble with this one. His life was in jeopardy. He thought he was the only one left. Who fears that way time? Who's in a wilderness right now? And feel you that you just, ah, Lord, I'm having trouble. I'm having so much trouble with this. See, we're just like Elijah. What I love about this is this. He sends him. He goes into the wilderness one, what, one day. He lays down and he's, he says, Lord, I just, I, it just, I, I could die right now. I, I just die. Now, who feels that die sometimes? That's depression, man. It hits. Lord, I just die right now. And then he brings an angel. Angel with bread and water. Isn't that amazing? Taps him on the shoulder. Wake up. Come on. Eat. So he eats. Lays back down again. No, no. Sends another angel. Same. Wakes him up. Eat. Bread and water. Eats. Restores him. And he runs. 40 days. Who here can run 40 days? Anybody here? 40 days straight. I can't. Honesty, I can't run an hour. I go five minutes. Yeah, you run out. Everybody starts out good, don't they? Everybody, goes, you haven't run for years. You start out real good. Oh, I can do this. No, Sanjali. Just get me around the track one time, please. So he outruns. He, he outruns King Hagab. He runs, and he goes into the mountain, right? He goes into the mountain of God. And it says that Jesus shows up, doesn't he? He says, go, he says to him, go forth, Elijah, and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. What would that have felt like? But you know one thing. God had something for him to say. He went to a spot, the mountain of God. Now, was that where God wanted him to be? You'll find out. But we know that he went to the mountain of God and wanted to receive something. He was looking for something. Maybe the mountain of God represented something. Let's go on. So it goes in 1 Kings 19. It says, in a great, in a great storm, wind, strong wind, I should say, was wrenching the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, 
a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And here he was in the cliff of the rock on the mountain of God, and these things happen. Why the mountain? Why this mountain? See, that was my question. I didn't hear the angel say, run to the mountain of God. I wonder why Elijah ran to this mountain. Well, I don't know about you. I think it's a good thing that he ran to the mountain of God, right? Not the desert. He came out of the desert that he ran into. He came to the mountain of God. So I've got to believe that there's something about the mountain of God that represents something for Elijah. What do you think that was? What happened on that mountain? Now, first of all, let's go back. Moses, Exodus 19, 19, or, or 19, 9, I'm sorry. The Lord said to Moses, behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear when I speak to you and may also believe in you forever. Do you know what mountain that was on? Isn't that interesting? You see, I believe that he remembers the story of Moses. I believe he knew that the Moses went to the mountain and God spoke to Moses on that mountain. He spoke to him in a mighty way. He spoke, he spoke to him and maybe in a, in a thick cloud. Maybe it was the, the, the voice of thunder. Maybe there was a way that he said, man, if I just get to the mountain of God, God will speak to me. Maybe, does anybody here need to hear the voice of God? Anybody here that need to hear God speak to you right now? And what are you willing to do? Are you willing to run 40 days to get it? Are you willing to, to allow all this stuff, all this wind and fire and earthquake and all the things that would scare you, are you allowed? Has he got your attention now? Does he have you where he wants you? Are you ready to listen? You see, I think Mo, uh, Moses established something in the heart of Elijah. I believe the story of Moses and all that went on on that mountain has some effect on Elijah. I believe when he was fed that he said, I am running to the mountain of God. I'm going to run there with all I have because I remember the story of Moses in my day. And I believe God will speak to me. Maybe There might be another reason. Maybe it's the fact that in 1918 it says, it says this, now the Mount Sinai, which is the same mountain he went to, was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in what? Fire. And its smoke ascended like smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. Maybe that's the earthquake he was anticipating. And it shook violently. And when the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with what? Thunder. You see, I believe there might have been some of that, and that's the reason I believe. Now, truth comes to many people and didn't fast here. This is what it did to me. I believe he ran to that mountain with the concept of knowing if I go to that mountain, God will speak in a magnificent way. He might speak with thunder. He might speak in a pillar of cloud. He will, he will shake the ground, and I will know he's God because right now I'm afraid, and I need to know God's powerful. That might have been his motive. You see? And I think that's the reason why the Lord sent those things. But he says I wasn't in them. I thought he, I believe he taught Elijah something crucial that we all need to know. There is a sweet, soft, quiet whisper. That's for every one of us. And after the fire, a sound of a still, small voice. A gentle blowing, a gentle whisper, a, a quiet whispering voice. Now, I'm like, who's ever been in a storm before? Maybe not an earthquake, 
high winds, and the house shakes. Just the other day, it was windy, and I heard those. Yeah, we're on the second floor. It's like, whoo. What is that? I mean, what that noise? Isn't it deafening? Isn't it like, wow? Anybody ever heard a, a tornado before? I have. It's like a freight train. It's like, it's frightening. What happens when there's death silence? You know, the, the most time in my life that I've heard silence is after some big noise. It's like, when all of a sudden, like right now, what do you hear? I hear all the fans. Where can you go that's absolutely still? Do you have a place in your life right now that's absolutely quiet? They've done studies. They think there's only 11 places in the United States that you can go that's absolutely quiet. No noise. Absolutely none. See, right now I can still hear. Can you hear the noises? So right now your ears can go to the noise. You can kind of figure it out. Maybe someone breathing. Someone sneezes beside you. Maybe it's your clock. You're ticking on your clock. There's always noise, isn't there? So when can our minds be so focused? I believe after a huge earthquake, fire, and wind, and such violence that all of a sudden, nothing. Deathly silent. And then God speaks in a still small voice. He speaks to him. He's ready to listen. What is silence? That's what the Bible, what, what, what does the dictionary say? Complete absence of sound. The fact that of a state of abstaining from speech, the avoidance of mentioning or discussing something, the state of standing still and not speaking as a sign of respect for someone. Silence. What does that mean to you? Absolutely silent. What would that make you feel like? Have you ever been in a car with somebody and there's absolutely silence? You don't really know them. Do you feel, I need to say something. I need to say, it's so awkward right here. You know, I should say something. And then there are people that talk all the time and you're thinking, I wish there was some silence. <laughs> silence, please. But there's always that awkwardness in silence. Do you ever, you ever feel that before? What is that? My wife knows when I'm saying it. She don't like it at all. She continues to talk. Talk and talk. Amen. You know what I'm saying? There shouldn't be any silence. And when there is, you've got to fill it. Y'all need some prayer because that's not right. It's hard, isn't it? There's something about total silence that's difficult. Total silence is difficult. So what is it? I like to say this. I think it's the calm after the storm. It's calm. Jesus speaks to the waves. He rebukes the waves. He rebukes the wind, and the waves all cease. What would that look like? You're in the boat, and all of a sudden, uh, he rebukes the wa- wind, and all of a sudden, the waves and everything die out, and it's completely still. Calm. See, these are the places we need to get to. I think there's just too much distraction in our lives. Who's in agreement with me? There's too many distractions. How can I find that that whispering spot? How can I find that place of silence? How can I find that cliff in the rock? Lord, take me to the mountain. Where's that mountain at? Am I caught up in the wind? Am I caught up in the earthquake? Am I caught up in a fire? Do I believe you're in that, Lord? I think you're speaking. He's not in it. He's not there. He's not in it. He wants to speak to you. 
as whisper so he can draw you close. It says, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood by the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> I read that. I thought, isn't that interesting? I always thought Elijah went to the mountain because God told him to. And then all of a sudden, God would say, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? That, that would be, and I, that would be what I, Lord, what are you saying? I don't know whether he called him to the mountain. I think he called him to a duty to do for him. He had a commandment for him to do, and he got sidetracked. I think he's supposed to go from the time that 950 prophets were killed and executed and people turned to God. I think he was supposed to do right then something else. And then a message came his way. It, maybe it's a tormenting spirit. It's Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel came. And that it got him off key. And he decided to go into the wilderness. And from the wilderness, God fed him. Isn't it good that God doesn't give up on you? Isn't it good that he'll feed you no matter where you go? Even when you're scared and you leave that, said, Lord, I don't know if I can do it. He says, I'm going to feed you wherever you are. I love you. And I have a plan for you. And I believe even after he ate and he ran 40 days into that cliff, God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? I, and only the sweet sound of his whisper is what drew him out to hear the question. Isn't that awesome? What are you doing here? Then he said, I have been very zealous. <laughs> what, <laughs> oh, my, that's, that's our response. I can see myself doing this. Lord, I've been so zealous for you. <laughs> I've been so very zealous for you, Lord, the God of hosts. And I, for, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets by the sword or with the sword. And I alone am left. And they seek my life to take it away. I can see myself doing it. I can see myself going, Lord, I don't understand it. But you know, I'm zealous. I'm doing this for you. You know, all of this is for you. And I can be totally not listening. Why are you here, Jim? But, but God, I'm so zealous. I'm, I'm, I'm doing your work, and I'm just asking you to bless it. Who's ever done that? Lord, could you bless this that I'm doing? Lord, could you bless this, please? You know, the, you are the God of blessing, and I want to see your blessing right here. This is what I'm doing right now. Jim, why are you there? And I can see him asking me that question. How about you? Are you, are you in a place right now to hear his voice? And may he ask you right now, Aaron, why are you here in this mountain? You see, we have to be ready. See, we got God speak to us. What if that question comes to you? Robert, why are you here right now? See, I think we're, we've got to be ready. Do you want intimacy with God? I don't know if anybody in this house here doesn't want to get closer to Jesus. But are you ready to listen? Because what he could be saying right now is this. You are not where I sent you. You are not, even I had to send the fire, I had to send the earthquake and the wind to get your attention, and now you're ready to listen, and now I'm going to ask you the question, why are you here? So if we're willing to listen, truly listen, we better be ready for whatever he says. And let's not try to, well, Lord, you know, I'm zealous for you, you know, I was jumping today, I'm, woohoo. I love it when you show up, Lord. And he says, Jim, I love it when you do my work. I love it when you listen to me and you do what I ask. 
that's great that you love me. I know that you love me. But now I'm asking you to do something. I've got something for you to do. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You see, what is silence? I had to ask myself the question, what does it look like for me? What is a still, small voice? Am I able to hear that? I should be able to ask every person, including myself today, when did you speak to me last? And if it's not just a moment ago, then where am I? Am I in a mountain of God thinking I'm right on key where he is? Lord, I'm ready to hear your thunder. I'm just like Moses. Use me like Moses. You know, we do that sometimes. We, repl- we, we compare ourselves to other people doing the work of God. Lord, I want to be like so-and-so, so here I am. Do what you Do the same thing. Speak to me with thunder. I want thunder down on here. I want the fire in here. I want the earthquake. Shake the place for me today, and God will not be in it. He won't be in it. He says, listen to me. I'm speaking to you, and I'm going to speak to you the way you're probably not familiar with. I'm going to speak to you like a still, small voice. Try to find that someplace else in God's word. That same still, small voice is spoken today. I believe that. How about you? And the question is, when have you heard it last? Where is your whispering spot? Where is that spot that you can say, I can go here, and I can hear him? And I can even hear him when he disciplines me and tells me I'm in the wrong spot. I'm ready to listen to him today. How about you? Are you ready to listen to him? So what does silence look like? Is it a lack of noise? So what, does it have to be absolutely quiet for us to hear? If that's the case, we're listening to too many other voices. We can't focus on his. We can't hear the shepherd's voice, for the sheep know his voice, right? And they follow him. So is it absolutely silence that we need? Ask yourself that question. Is it without noise? Or maybe if it's without movement. Maybe you're looking for a place, I, I can't have anything moving. I just, I can't, don't, no pace, don't pace in here. I've got to have absolute, I've got to close my eyes. I've got to have absolute, no movement, no noise. Or we put those kind of conditions to it. Or maybe it's, you get irritable and, and, and stressed in silence. Maybe you're a person here right now that I can't sit still and I keep thinking of other things I need to do and, and I can't find that place and distractions come your way. Maybe that's you here too. What, what does silence mean to you? What, is it important to you? Is, is there a place that you can go to hear his voice? Do you get uncomfortable in silence? Uh-oh, someone's not happy over here. Oh. I know one thing. When I had children that age, I needed some silence. You know what I'm saying? There's there times the baby would not, cry, would not stop crying. Who's the new mom? Liz? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, please. You lay them down five minutes later, they cry again. You're like, that's a difficult time. So what does silence mean? What is it for your life? What does it look like? Is noise proof of God's response? That's what I want to ask you today. Does God have to prove himself in a fire, in an earthquake, in a wind, for you to believe that he's moving? What does silence look like? Father, we love you and we trust you. And Lord, I I ask the question today even for myself. Do I have a place that I can go into? 
Is there a place that I can, that I can close down me? Not that it's absolutely silent, because I may never find that. But Lord, is there a place that I can go that I can shut down me and listen to you? A place that I can wrap my face in your mantle, your calling in my life. I can wrap myself in your calling that, you're, that you have for my life, and I can walk out and I can listen to your voice. Lord, I'm ready to hear. God, if I'm not in the right place, Lord, can I listen to you and, and say, God, do, am I in the right place at the right time right now? And Lord, that you would speak to me and you'd ask me the question, why, why are you here, Jim? So, Father, I pray right now as we, as we look to get closer to you, as we do this study together about a whispering voice, and, and God, getting close to you, to lean into you is to hear your voice. And God, we are shepherds that want to, do, to lend help to the sheep, but, but Father, you're the ultimate good shepherd that we need to hear. So, Lord, I pray for every person in this place. May we find that place. May next week we can come and say, you know what? I found that silence. I found that voice that I've been looking for. I heard his voice, and I heard him speak to me. Father, you are so important in our lives. We want an intimate relationship with you. We love you in Jesus' name.